You're crazy, lady, they say, and hang up. I'm just killing time and hoping they'll play along, and I'm disappointed when they refuse. For a moment, I worry that I work for one of those companies that monitors its phone calls under the guise of quality control. I am instantly comforted when I realize I work for a law firm, too disorganized to tap its own phones. To say all I do is answer phones is to seriously downplay my role around here. I also control the buzzer button that opens the main door, allowing lawyers into their offices after they get off of the elevator or return from the bathroom. Sometimes I fail to push the buzzer with the deafness they might like. I eat up a second of this person's life, five seconds of that person's life. The ones who grow impatient quickly and who are easily angered are the ones I steal 20 seconds from for the sheer pleasure of it. They grunt and growl in sincere pissiness, and it makes me feel terrific, alive in a way that you don't feel often enough. Propaganda. I daydream and get paid for it. I recall a scene from an officer and a gentleman. At the end of the movie, Richard Gere, dressed in his naval whites, goes into a factory picks up Deborah Winger, and carries her out of that depressing place with all of those dirty machines. I wish that would happen to me. Of course, the whole time I'd be worried that the guy was trying to guess my weight or something. I realize how truly pathetic I am. Some guy in a uniform drags his woman out of the workplace to stick her in a house to cook and possibly even clip coupons, and I am starting to buy into it into the anti-female propaganda disguised as romance. As soon as he picks her up, things have to head downhill from there, because at some point, he has to put her down. I blame my father for my current situation. It's so much easier to blame him than rehash my past and actually work through it. Instead, I pin all of my disappointment and loss on my current post. I can't decide what's worse, clock watching or minimum wage. Luckily, I'm steeped in both, so I don't have to choose. The world of nepotism is ugly and dark. I know. There are people out there paying their dues who probably deserve to sit behind this plexiglass more than I do. If not for the fact that my father is so well-connected, I'd be forced to do a job I got solely on merit. I'd be working as a lawyer, on track to make partner, at a firm where a senior partner was not 50% responsible for creating me. I would be boosting my resume and sleeping with young enthusiasts of all things legal. The notion of being shot would, in all likelihood, not even occur to me. It certainly wouldn't preoccupy me. I may be the only professional in history to take several giant steps backward by cashing in on my connections. Habits I inhale a drag from an imaginary cigarette being held in an imaginary cigarette holder, recline in my massive chair, and say to nobody, Jesus is coming, and I haven't a thing to wear. I say this as if I were preparing to attend one of those cocktail parties at which the women wear giant fake pearls and have the alcohol tolerance of a 400-pound man. I go to great lengths to amuse myself because, you see, 
No one else does. I'm one of those people who other people like, but never remember. I think most of the world is probably like me. Until recently, nothing about me was outstanding. And then my mother got cancer. It's a disease people like to talk about, so I'm more popular now. And when I flip through magazines, I read the breast cancer articles first, even before the numerology column. At lunchtime, I walk downstairs to the lobby and buy the tallest, thickest magazines I can find, then walk down Fifth Avenue with them propped up in front of my chest. I've grown to feel naked without the plexiglass shield. If a sniper tried to get me, would the magazine stop the bullets? I had great confidence that Vogue, particularly their September issue, might have the heft.